This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is the Football Roundup, energy sport's longest running football show. Each week our team of football writers and podcasters deliver their views on the weekend's action from Scotland, England and the wider world of football. With our panel bringing knowledge, insight and passion, you can be rest assured of quality from each episode of the Football Roundup. Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup. My name is Jack Donnelly and as the intro said, this is Energy Sports' longest running football show. With our panel bringing knowledge, insight and passion as we take a look at the weekend's action from Scotland, England and the wider footballing world. We're happy to be back. We've we've missed you. We've missed you here at Energy Sport. We've had a couple of weeks off due to uh, my laptop just packing in. And then Graham was supposed to host last week but just completely forgot. So we've gone two weeks without without a without a through, but we're happy to be bringing it back. And nothing has changed. I'm still joined by some of Napier's best and brightest. Uh, first up, it's been tough for today's first guest over the past week or so, since all of his favourite top flight elite clubs haven't played due to the international break. So Struan Garvey, how has it been supporting France and Germany? Well, and Portugal. Can't forget Portugal. Oh, they're, cool. my, Sorry, my mistake. they're the real thing. It's just a shame because all three of them are going to be in the same group for the Euros. It's a nightmare. Um, I don't, I'm actually not that... I don't mind international football. I know it gets a bit of a, a bad reputation, but I, I personally don't mind it. And I think, it's going to sound a bit cringy here, but I think one of the things I enjoy about it is it almost just brings everybody together. You know, we're all either suffering the same team or we're all enjoying the same success type situation. But... Um, yeah, and I should also say it's very it's very wet currently here. It has been raining for about twenty four hours. Oh, I actually got woken up from the wind last night at about three in the morning. Wow. Ridiculous! I know, it's crazy. Very stormy through in Stirlingshire. That, that's not what you like to hear. So, have you have you been your run today? No, I haven't actually been very busy today. I've not had not had a free half an hour to an hour to to do it. But it, given the conditions, I'm not too fast. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, next up, our next guest has been able to watch his club over the last week or so, but considering the last two results, he'll have wished they hadn't have bothered. Jamie McIntosh, this this is a safe space. Gary McKay, Stephen cannot disappoint you here. You're you're free to just express however you however you want to for the next hour or so. How how are you doing? Yes. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, it's a horrible day in the capital today it's not it's it's chucking it down to be honest cats and dogs um it's probably not actually been as bad as it was forecast but i think we we got a lot of the rain last night that was forecast uh it was certainly raining in gorgie again on saturday though at around five o'clock i think yeah i think that's a bit of an understatement to be honest i I (laughs) imagine we'll hear your full extended thoughts on that in a little bit Uh, but before we do that i need to introduce today's final guest uh we are joined by Energy Sports' very own Jonathan Woodgate. He'd argue Alfredo Morelos, but we're not giving him that in the slightest. Taylor Murray, based on your group chat antics this year, did you take Rangers' sponsorship with 32 Red to heart? For that. Oh, no, I, I know you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Right. Uh, do Do you want to explain the red card system to the to the listeners, or do you want me to do it? Please. I'll, right. Okay. Something. So 
we we have a self-imposed rule in in the energy sport group chat where if someone sends in the same link or a say or the same tweet as someone else has previously done, they are awarded a red card. Taylor is the most prolific red card merchant in the group chat by far, and you'll argue against it consistently, but we've ke- we've been keeping track and Taylor's head and shoulders above the rest. In my defence, some 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 of it's absolute borderline slander, my on on your part. Like some of the stuff I've been getting done for is like basically me just, a uh, you know just nudging the guy off the wall, man, but yet it's deemed as the last man. Like that's the best way I can put it. It's it's actually ridiculous, and um, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, the system's against me, you know. Um, how how many reds are you on now? I think five. Five. I can, as the keeper of the red cards, I can confirm five. How many am I on, Strun? Is it be a, a zero, Mister McIntosh? That's a zero. Yes. How many am I on again? Seven. Nah, I'm getting on zero. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it was. My face would have just dropped completely if that was true. We were both on zero. Uh, we should we should point out that we started this the beginning of March. That was uh, from when we we began. The red cards. So um So Taylor's five, averaging five, Taylor's five, averaging five, like one every five days or something. <laughs> More than one a week. <laughs> Which oh. is nearly as many as Alfredo Morales. He's got aspirations. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had to laugh yourself there, didn't you? I'm, I'm prolific in front of goal. Yeah, Are you? That's a segue. That's a segue and a half, a and a half because we're gonna stick, kick off the show with big question as always. And this week I wanted to go nice and simple, purely because I couldn't think of anything that would involve the games for the weekend. It's been a while since we put an episode out, so I thought it'd be nice for, for you, the listeners, to learn a bit more about us as we kind of come back. So I want to know what everyone's favourite position to play on a football pitch is. And Taylor, seeing as you just alluded to being prolific in front of goal, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I know, I alluded to prolific in front of goal, but yeah, I'm nothing of the sort. Um, uh, see, it depends on the situation, but I think my favourite position of playing is that holding midfielder. I just love it. You know, that destroyer role, you know, you're just sitting, you know, putting in, you know, the two-footed tackles, man. You know, breaking up the play, you know, getting the ball. It's, I enjoy it. Although the last couple of years I have been playing at centre-back and to be fair, I have realised I do like a good Harry Maguire header. Like, the ball comes in, man. You, no matter where it is, man, you, you get your head to it and send it absolutely 40 yards in the wrong direction. So, yeah. As much as I've been enjoying setting back, the holding midfielder role is my lovely position because I look at myself and think I, I could probably you know hit this forty yarder, and then it goes out for a throw in. But you know, at least we can dream. So you're you're more of a you're more of a kind of physical specimen rather than a kind of metronome type. You you would be more of a more of a you want to say oh. More of a Gattuso than, than a than a Jorginho, say what a comparison. Oh no, yeah, Shocking definitely. comparison, but you get what I mean. Yeah, I'm that. You know, I've got. I'd like to think to myself, I've got a little bit of you know footwork there, but yeah, I have nothing of a sort up where, you know, I'm going to sit and you know relate my way out of situations. Like, it, I'd rather you know chuck my sit body and what, in. Sit and what your way out of situations? Relating. Relating. <laughs> Just relating. Pirouette away. That's yeah. excellent, Taylor. I've never heard that used in that context before. I just heard the word roulette and my, my ears pricked up there. <laughs> That's for FIFA, haven't you? Missing the casino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can, I, can, no, I can definitely see... I can't see you relating out of anything, to be honest. Oh, like, I, no. <laughs> like I've seen you play football once before and 
but I've also seen him with a buzz cut, so so I can just kind of see him molding that. What pretend hard man? Well, maybe a Scott uh, Brown. Maybe I'll have a uh, Scott Brown role, uh, Taylor. Uh, no, 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 no. Maybe maybe we'll go with David Beckham esque before you know he became David Beckham. <laughs> you know, probably David Beckham when everybody hated him. We'll put it that way. I mean, you could fit that bill. Of I'm David sorry, Beckham hang on, hang played on. as a holding midfielder. <laughs> when did we hate Mr. David Beckham? Aye, whoever hated like the twenty canteen. There we go. <laughs> right, let's tell, Right, we're we're four minutes. We're eight minutes back into this podcast, and tales already slaving, and this is good. Uh, Struan, you you just spoken, so you can tell us where you like playing on a football pitch. Yeah, well, my position is a left back. Uh, oh, yeah, in the changing room, but um, yeah, on the pitch. <laughs> Taylor jumped back in. I saw my beautiful self there. Um, I did used to like playing up front. To be honest, obviously, when you're younger, that's the. Uh, that's the best position, isn't it? Being the striker. But um, one of the things that we used to have in our in, in our primary school, and I think everybody probably had this, but we all had a different name. Was there was there was always one person who was like it was never me, but there's always that one person in your team who was clearly the good footballer amongst the amongst the group, mm-hmm. and they would just sort of play everywhere on the pitch. And we used to call it a dynamo, and we'd occasionally take turns about we, we didn't really have proper formations and stuff as you would. You had defenders and midfielders, but you always had a dynamo who would basically play wherever they wanted and then would shift other people out of positions. Almost almost messy under Valverde in their 4-4-2. Did, did any of you guys ever have that? Aye, we just called the guy that was good a dickhead because he was better than everyone else. Like, we, ah, see, we, we, there was no fan, <laughs> fancy terminology for it. He was just a dick. Not quite dynamo. So, uh, yeah, I, I think striker up front, but my, my position is left-back. I'm, I'm quite small. You can't tell from a podcast, but... Um, I can't win a header to save my life, and therefore centre back and striker were basically null and void positions. But um, yeah, I was quite fast, so I'd like to think I still am. But yeah, left back is my position, and mostly because any time I try and shoot, it turns into a cross anyway. So it worked out quite well. What sort of left back would you say you are, though? Would you say you say you're just a kind of bombardier just flying up that left wing, or would you say you're more conservative and you just kind of only go when 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 you're allowed to, you would say, you don't go as an attacking outlet, you would just hold off and protect the back lane more? I think I was probably a real pain for my teammates because I would just sort of bomb forward whenever I had the ball. I don't I don't quite know who to compare that to currently in the world. <laughs> Ivanovic but... in the twilight of his Chelsea career and he just didn't yeah. get back for any defensive responsibility whatsoever. I, I got back, but I would often be a little bit late to the party by that right. point. They'd already be in the box but yeah my, my my initial instinct was always to run forward as soon as I got the ball unlike the current national side who like to pass backwards I, I would always be forward thinking with the ball at my feet I like that I like forward thinking left back that's what we like to say a thinking man's left back that, that, that's what we'll go with uh, Jamie I'm interested to hear yours because I know you've played kind of all over the pitch in, in, in your travels so I'm interested to see where you've kind of settled on as your favourite of the lot it's got to be striker. I loved, I loved playing up front. It was seven aside really when I mm. played up front. Um, I am usually in defence now if ever I'm playing a game of fives or that. But um, I do love playing up front. I have to say, but usually I'm needed in defence, so I don't get that opportunity very often. Um, I think if we were the the, the energy sport five aside team, I think I would uh, try and put my name forward to play up front. If you've got Taylor at centre back and Struan at left back. 
I don't. I, I'm knowing the rest of the energy sport roster. I don't think we'd have any deals. Jack and Graham in the middle of the park. <laughs> Jesus, you seen you seen standing me in the, the center end. circle. I, that, that's why I'm doing my running. I'm doing my couch to five game just so I've got a bit more of an engine for five when that comes back. What what's what sort of striker then? A, a bit of a target man, a poacher. Just I I I relish the lone uh, the lone striker role. I think really? now I wouldn't do an awful lot of running, but I would love the battle with the with the centre-backs. Mm. If my team was under the cost, just stick it up to me and I'll try and do something with it. Uh, might, not, might not always score a goal, but I would certainly try and bully the, the, the centre-backs and uh, kind of rough them up a wee bit and mm. uh, and try and fight fire with fire and get my team up the pitch, you know. Bit of a target, man, I would say, for sure. Jimmy, what foot are you? Left. See, I, right, does anybody else find that anyone on Do you not remember? Just an absolute panger. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was yeah, the four of us that were there that one day. <laughs> Yeah, like Speaking lights and all that and pearly. I'm, I'm still feeling my wrist. <laughs> anyone with a left foot man has an absolute bolt of a shot. I'm adamant it's built in the jeans. Like they can absolutely bend either bend one into top corner or fire an absolute thunderbolt towards goal. It's something that left foot that I don't have because I'm right footed. But I can I test that. It. I know a couple of boys back home who are decent with that with not with not a decent left foot. That's not the point I'm making with their hit left footed and it's nowhere near a thunderbolt when they strike a shot, so Wait, Stuart, you're left-footed, aren't you? I am left-footed. Wait, have you got a thunderbolt on you? <laughs> I have a thunderbolt, but it's it'd be more of a three-pointer in rugby than anything. To be to be honest, <laughs> I wouldn't. I was quite good at the crossbar challenge actually back mm. in the day, but that's because I'd, I'd aim for the goal and I'd end up hitting the bar. So uh, I just wait the honesty of anything. Wasn't great. I didn't. I didn't score too many. It was a. No. Uh, it's almost a meme when I did because I was pretty. You would never see in a penalty shootout. I would be behind the goalkeeper. I'll put it that way. Fair. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, oh, I've only really ever played in kind of one or two positions, but I'd, I'd probably say centre back. I really, I really like being a centre back. It was, it was more kind of any time I played centre back with the school, or the the school's B team. I was typically the the tallest guy on the park, and probably the one of one of the stronger guys in the park as well. Just at that point, so I could kind of throw my weight about at the back of it and just kind of make decent tackles. I'm not very quick. I'm I'm working on that a wee bit, and I've not really got the legs for anywhere else. Uh, but centre centre back, I, I'm, it's just quite fun, just kind of shoving somebody off the ball and just booting it, booting it to safety. I I, I have got a, a goal scoring record at centre back in the in the four senior games I ever played at eleven aside in my school. Uh, I scored one goal from centre back because my opposition didn't decide to mark the tallest boy in the pitch off a corner, so that that was quite funny. That's prolific for a centre back. Shit himself. Who's that, Taylor? Ramos is currently shitting himself for the goal scoring record of a centre back now. Well, j- just wait, just that. just wait. Like we we've been talking about a fives game for a while, and I think once once we get the kind of inter house energy sport fives up and running, once we get back, I, I, everyone will see me driving for the heart of defence and just leathering a shot as soon as I step past the halfway mark in the cage. It's, it's before we move on, by the way, I'd like to state for a record: I've actually never had a red card in a game. So, have you not? I've no, no, I've never had a red card. I thought you I've said. I thought you said you get sent off for fighting once. No, 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 no. no I've not. I, I thought I was going to because one day once where you know you get tackled and you screw up to somebody. But uh, I also took some doubt in the last man. But as I took them out, they shot and scored, so I got away with that. <laughs> uh, that just kind of shows you my last ditch tackling efforts went out the window. <laughs> Can't even take somebody down right. But yeah, I've never had a red card on the pitch, so you know, clearly my red cards table doesn't add up to my 
actual football. You, you say you, you save your football and red cards for your group chat red cards. Oh, that's yeah. where, that's where you get your dirtiest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we are going to move on because we've been talking about this for far too long. Uh, there was no Premier League football to discuss, thank God. Uh, so we can focus on the action from the Scottish Championship and below. And, of course, we've got two Scotland games to discuss. So we're going to start with our usual segment on the Scottish game, Tune the Football. Of course, Tune the Football is our weekly dive into the world of Scottish football. And this week, with no Premiership fixtures being played, we've got the Championship and below to dissect. But before we get into that, we just we do need to address something. <laughs> Because the way the way we are working uh, the Football Roundup podcast, you've noticed there's been a bit of a change in the setup of it. You've got wee transition breaks in between each segment. In the space of us stopping the introduction recording, and between <laughs> before we even contemplated starting this segment, Taylor Murray managed to get himself another red card. I, he, he just sent the exact tweet that there wasn't even a difference. There wasn't even a message break in the Twitter DM between us all. Because I'd sent in something, a, a picture of N'Golo Kante pulling the big boat in the Sway Canal. And 15 minutes later, he put the exact same picture in with no breaking messages. Taylor Murray, would you would you like to apologise to every single listener for this absolute malpractice of behaviour, this absolute horrendous showing? Excellent content. Oh, it's top content. I can't deny how fucking fuming I am. <laughs> like, I am angry. <laughs> I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at the system. I'm angry at everyone. <laughs> Can you be angry at the system? You've let yourself down. You've let your family down. You've let energy sport down. You've let everybody down, Taylor. You're I team. know. I've let everybody down. Three, two, <laughs> I feel bad one. enough as it is. Strewn has it been added to the count? It has been added. Oh, fuck off. To the count. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the words of Chris Jericho, it has made the list. <laughs> Very good. It was the instant reaction. Wait, no, I didn't mean that. That wasn't what I meant. <laughs> what did you mean? Didn't mean to send it. Mean it. I think I think I don't I don't think that is the worst though. I think the worst red card was the one that I had in which uh, Sean sent a link. And I had intended to send one of the replies into the group chat, <laughs> and I sent the exact same link by clicking on the wrong part. Now, that I'll, was I'll debate this one's one. worse, because there's no break in messages. It's literally my sending of this tweet, and then Taylor's 15 minutes later. It's just lazy. Just lazy, <laughs> it, it lazy, really lazy play. twittering, or tweeting, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to check myself in a... A red card we have, and I'm not going. I'm going to go. Through. What? That's it. Energy sports special. I'm going to fill the April for a red card. Red card rehab. <laughs> yes, the fill of April. I am not absolutely getting a red card, and then for every red card I do, I'll send a tenner to charity. What does, oh, what, does red, like what does what does red card rehab involve then? Just, him just like with Gary Lineker stick like a big lamp on you or something with wires in it and try and like de red card you. Like what? What does that involve? I'm just. What I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of just take myself into a management where I become more observant of my surroundings, but also provide some vital information and not take myself out of the equation. No, because you, you would be berated for that. We, we have explicit yes. rules that you're not allowed to shite out of sending stuff in. 
Also, I will get shocked every time I try to attempt to send a red card, so that's what I'm going to go for. I mean, I, w- I want to say we wish you luck in, in your in your uh, rehabilitation, but we really don't because it's really funny when you get a red card because it's so reactive to it, as you have been, because you've just... I can tell how angry you are. I'm actually fuming. Like, just the context of how that happened, I'm raging. I don't, I don't care the fact that it's how I've got in a red card because it was, might have came sooner or later but it's just the, the, it's the bloody context of how I've done it <laughs> that'll be you whacking yourself with a water bottle then yes Taylor do you want me to give you a laugh instead of you being raging oh please sir. yes we're going to talk about hearts yes yes <laughs> sorry Jamie uh, we, we, we really get no other place to start than with hearts 2 Queen of the South 3 I mean, after one of the worst results in the club's history, Hearts desperately needed a result to bounce back in uh, after being underwhelming for many of their recent games. But, Jamie, it didn't quite pan out that way, did it? Uh, no, no, it did not. Uh, yeah, they were terrible, again. I have a very sluggish start, give a, a, a sloppy individual uh, mistake, caused the first goal, Um and to be honest, you could probably say the second goal as well. We try play offside and Shields gets in behind and Ross Stewart's like 10 yards off his line. It's a, it's a, a great finish from Stewart. Uh, Stewart, sorry, Shields. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth worth checking out. I think the SPFL tweeted it this morning. Um, and, you know, lobs it over over Stewart and that was 2-0 after about 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, after that, Hearts were chasing the game. But they looked really nervous. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of reminded me of, of Hearts last season, um, towards the end of last season. Nobody really wanted the ball, and uh, they were all kind of hiding. Uh, they just looked very nervy, and obviously that's fair enough. Last season, when there was loads of fans in the stadium, but there was nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know there was no atmosphere that obviously nobody getting on their back in person. So I think when the, the players are kind of hiding in a in a game where there's no fans there, that's that's really not a, not a good sign at all. But they're they're a bit of a mess. And I don't think there's much togetherness in that team. Um. Craig Howe came out this morning and said that uh, the players are 100% behind Robbie Nielsen and they're all together in one group and it, they just, they're just not. They don't look at it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the club revealed this afternoon that Christoph Bear won't get a new contract um, after his expires in a matter of weeks. It's the right decision, um, but it's obviously very sad to see kind of somebody who's been such a kind of cult figure of, of hearts, um, very inspirational captain over the years, kind of end in, in the way it's ended. But to be honest with you, the way I look at it is uh, if he was a horse, he probably would have been retired or put down a long time ago <laughs> because it is uh, it is kind of quite painful to watch him just now because he's just nowhere near the player that he used to be and the player that I kind of grew up watching as uh, as a centre-back or as a Hearts captain. So, yeah, a long overdue uh, departure for Christoph Bera in the summer, but still sad to see him go in many ways. Struan, just objectively, for anyone out with a maroon bubble, and even for some within that bubble, this is quite funny. Just like realistically, it is a bit of a laugh. Oh, there's there's a there's a humour element to it. There is uh, there is definitely some funny things to it. For me, of course, I'm I am a Hibs fan, so it's probably not not for me to say. But I, I did find the result rather enjoyable. Taylor, were you the same? Oh, sides are in stitches. It's it's great it's absolutely tremendous it's like you follow up one banterous club Celtic with another banterous 
club hearts right now. And for some reason, I thought they would have bounced back, stupidly, yes. And they've went and done this. So it's tremendous viewing. Jamie, you're getting a good laugh. You already won the league, so it's just you must be sitting and enjoying it. I think it was funnier that you took Hearts to beat Brewer Rangers at one to twenty eight on your accumulator on the. Uh, I know that that was fair, the big, but... that was the funniest part of that result was that you took Hearts at really really poor odds probably. I did probably nothing I to just, the Cooten, but one the, it was one of the ones I thought was a banker. I thought. No, really? Why did you think that, mate? A banker? Hearts to beat Brora? Fucking hell. Oh, cool, it didn't happen, so... Uh, Poirot picking it... that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault that your club absolutely sh- shit at the back. Right, <laughs> Jamie, let's talk about some of, the, some of the issues with Hearts at the moment. I mean, I'd imagine we could probably have a fair conversation about this, a fair lengthy conversation. But you you are you are in a bit of a unique position, uh, because you're a fan that is also reporting, uh, fair, uh, re- very regularly on the club, so you've kind of got both views of it. You've kind of got the kind of more neutral, the less biased, the kind of more professional almost, uh, view of it. But then you've also got the personal level, the the supporters view. So do they ever do they overlap at all? Do you feel like part of your kind of fan? View fuel some of the stuff that you're you're kind of seeing on the in the park and reporting on, or do you feel like you're a bit more leveled out as a fan because of your reporter status as well? I think I'm more leveled out now. So I think at the start of the season, so like when they beat Dundee, I was uh, I was kind of fist pumping and <laughs> and that when they scored that first day of the season. Um, but kind of since then, I've I've kind of got used to it. It's something you just get used to. Obviously, I've I've been fortunate enough to kind of get into, oh, I don't know, let's think maybe like fifteen or sixteen games this season. Um, out with the kind of twenty or something the Hearts have played. So obviously very uh, very lucky. But it's just something that you get used to, and uh, obviously very very grateful. Um, but yeah, the now they're just a bit. They're just a bit funny, they know. To be fair, I do struggle to take them too seriously anymore. I've kind of reached that stage. I think it's different when you're at home, but when you're like watching on the telly or that. But like, if you were there, you would just leave after an hour and just go back to the pub. Like, done that so many times. Now it's uh, you kind of just got used to them. Um, but yeah, big problems. What I will say is that I'm not gonna kind of get into it all again. Um, if anybody wants to check out my educated rant, uh, it was on Thursday's extra time episode so if you want to kind of hear my whole thoughts on the, the kind of bigger issue at hearts you can check it out over there um but yeah massive problems at hearts and you would imagine christoph Berra is probably the first of, of many um players that are going to be leaving hearts over the, the kind of next uh what, what next couple of months mm. um i think the club needs three new center backs uh, I've, I've not been impressed with halkett since he signed up in livingston he was supposed to be this kind of big centre back who was rock solid and part of a Livingston back three alongside Declan Gallagher and Alan Lithgow that was um you know just rock solid and headed everything and he was kind of going to be a, a good guy to play alongside John Suter. Obviously Suter's been injured, um, but that was kind of inevitable really going by his luck. I, I'm not sure Hearts. I think Hearts sort of maybe got a bit of egg on their face now by kind of relying on John Suter to stay fit. Like not the now, but like maybe this time last year um, and yeah I mean the suitor was never he's obviously had his problems with injury he was he was going to struggle to stay fit for a, a long period of time and I think that will continue to be the case when he comes back he's been on the bench the last couple of days 
Uh, no, he wasn't on the bench on Saturday, but he was on the bench against Brora, and uh, he seems to be back running and back playing with a ball now. So that's good to see, but I still think the club needs three new centre-backs to replace Berra, Halkett and Popescu. And, uh, yeah, probably a, a new manager as well, which probably remains to be seen whether the club will do that. I don't think they'll do it now, and I think that's fair enough. You know, I think you, Robbie Nielsen probably does deserve to to get his championship medal uh, to add to the seven or something that he's probably already got. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, big changes needed in the summer, obviously. But go and check out the, the eight-minute rant that I had on, on Thursday's Extra Time about, uh, about Hearts. Is that how long it was, eight minutes? That's how long it was. The only reason I know that is because I did screen record it and send it to a couple of people who uh, are too old to work out how to use Spotify. <laughs> a man of the people. Good good stuff. Uh, I, think, I think the one thing I've taken away from it is it's almost impressive how... Robbie Nielsen has managed to piss the league twice in the space of two seasons and is still horrendously thought of by both sets of fans he's done it with in terms of hearts and the same as Dundee United last season. Uh, we'll move on because there's other there's other stuff in the Championship to talk about from the weekend because playoff places are just up for grabs even more. There's currently three teams sitting on 30 points. Uh, Queen of the South getting there with their win. On Saturday, uh, level with Dunfermline and Inverness. Uh, Wraith Rovers and Dundee are both just three points ahead on 33 points. Wraith sitting in second only on goal difference. So that leaves kind of five teams all within touching distance and a realistic chance of achieving the three playoff places. Who are we backing to get them? Taylor, who who, who do we reckon? I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, so 100% Wraith are staying there. They yeah. are, they are one. They are one of the most exciting teams in that league, and uh, I've uh, seen them. You know, a couple of weeks. How many ago, times have you seen Wraith this season? Uh twice, I think. How many, how many times have you seen Dunfermline and Dundee? I've actually not seen Dundee. Dunfermline, I mm, think, right. I've seen once. Have I? No, I've not. Not seen Dunfermline once. No, sorry. It's a bold statement for somebody who hasn't seen Dundee play this season. They're hundred percent going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> What? No, I said Rafe. No, you said Rafe. I know, I know, but there's obviously like it's very close, and you're you're saying a hundred percent. I'm just saying it's a bold statement. Carry on. I'm just being yeah. a dick. Oh no, no, sorry. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate it because um, that's he's got to come back and bite me on the face, and Rafe are probably gonna ban me from ever going to the ground ever again when they don't get the playoffs. So Rafe, then they're hundred percent. Um, Dundee, surely they don't bottle that. Surely, and. I want to say Dunfermline might hold on to that, but I don't know. So what? Let's go with let's go with another bold one. I'm going to say that Inverness get that last one. Right. Yeah. I think even though they've got two, they played two games more than Dunfermline. Maybe they squeeze in. That's my shout for that. That's my thinking. Just now, Dunfermline are probably in the best position for it purely because they've played less games than anyone else in the league. So still to play the way that works out, probably Wraith and Dundee. Uh, if I'm if I'm right, they're just looking at that. I could be completely wrong, but I, I no, don't know. I, don't... I think that's right. I sorry, I think mm-hmm. that's right. Rafe and Dundee. Uh, the Fife Derby's on BBC tomorrow night. Yes, looking forward to that. Should be a very good game. Take that over any pishy international. No, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I don't, I don't know, Taylor. I mean, they have been exciting at points Rafe this season, but it's kind of been recently they've only just kind of picked up wins again in the Scottish Cup and then at home to Morton just there. They were four without a win, and then. They were kind of a bit inconsistent coming in from January into February. So 
I think the kind of early season was a lot better for them, but we all, we all know they've got players there that can do the job. Taylor, you'll kind of think the heavens about the kind of gifts of Kai Kennedy. Oh, Kai Kennedy, he, I think he, he's going to be sensational, and uh, Rafe have done well AC uh, bring him on board, and he's been great for him. But another player for Rafe that I think when I seen was underrated, and a player I don't you know, hear a lot of people scream and shout about, but, oh, right, I've built all this up to me and now forget his name, but is it Dooku? Manny Dooku, the striker. Manny Dooku. That's what I was going to say, Jamie Gullen. <laughs> <laughs> no, Manny Dooku, by the way, when he was playing against, I think it was Morton when I was watching him, I could be wrong, but he was just an absolute pest of their defence, and uh, he was just, um, a guy who did the flick-ons and then run and get his own flick-ons, by the way, and it's like, he just never stopped, and his hold-up play was sensational as well, and it's a player I think it's might have went under the radar, because I think he's their top goal scorer, or he might be joint top goal scorer now, so he's one of the ones where it's just all been about Kai Kennedy, you know, Jay McDonald bailing him out sometimes, and Dooku, I've just not really heard much of him, so I, I think Rafe have got a quite an exciting team there, and if they do come up, I think it would be good, good to see Rafe in the Premiership. Strain, what do, what do you reckon? Because you, you've you not had much kind of viewership of the Championship this season, if I'm right. So what what, what what's your thoughts on the kind of base of it, I suppose? Yeah, it's definitely not my area of expertise. I mean, I'd love to say that um, Inverness will be there, of course, with the signing of Scott Allen. Hopefully it'll be uh, the catalyst into getting them there. But I think uh, it's, it's hard to look past Dundee, especially when you look at the experience and quality they've got. Like Charlie Adams, of course, bringing in players like Jason Cummings. But... It's tough. I don't. I'd. I'd be lying if I said I had a really good thought on it. I think my opinion is probably not the best one to go with for this. But I'll. I'll I think the way it is at the moment is probably how it could finish. Possibly Inverness sneaking in, but mm. I think the way the top four is at the moment is probably how it's going to stay. Jamie, how about yourself? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, you know, as we know, it is such a tight league. You don't need much to to fall out of that. Uh, Inverness probably the form team in the championship just now. Um, mm-hmm. Very solid at the back now. Dundee are not very solid at the back. Uh, very inconsistent, but they're still third. So I mean, if Dundee can put a little bit of a run together, then I I think they'll be there. I couldn't tell you what order the uh, second, third and fourth will be but I think Inverness will be in the top four at the end of the season Dunfermline are very inconsistent and uh, the, the goals have really dried up for them I know they scored twice at Dens Park but prior to that, you know, they still lost yeah. but prior to that, um, they, they really haven't scored that many goals at all and you know there has it feels like there has been a lot of goals in the championship this season um, but Dunfermline really haven't scored an awful lot uh, 23 goals conceded is that the best in the league that's the joint best defence in the league actually along with Inverness mm. um, but yeah Neil McCann's done wonders since he's arrived at Inverness which is interesting uh, so I'll say Inverness Rafe and probably Dundee in, in no particular order I, li- I do I do like it it's interesting just kind of no shouts at all for Queens just and they've kind of I'm not sure what their ambition is. I was speaking yeah. to the the um, Queen's TV guy. I can't remember his name now. Uh, after the game on Saturday, and, and he was, you know, saying, "Well, I, I don't think we can, kind of mathematically. Well, I think they can still mathematically get relegated, but they're still looking down the way. 
and I was I was listening to John McGlynn on Sportsound this morning, and he was uh, he was it was his interview after the the game on Saturday, and he was saying, you know, now we mathematically can't get relegated. He's second in the league. He's talking about relegation, <laughs> which uh, I thought was absolutely mental, but. I mean, they know that it's a tight league. You know, eleven points between ninth and second, obviously, is just nothing. But um, yeah, I mean, you would fancy, you would fancy that Rafe and uh, I fancy Rafe and Dundee, but uh, Queens could have a goal for fourth. I think, I think fourth in particular is anybody's guess. I think Rafe and Dundee will be there, probably second and third in in no particular order. But fourth could go to to Inverness, Queens, or Dunfermline. Really, it's just who can mm-hmm. kind of finish the 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 kind of season strongest. Uh, as you say, you're right to point out, Dunfermline have got two games in hand, but they're tough games, so they're not exactly givens to uh, to pick anything up from from that. But Inverness, certainly the form team for me just now. Neil McCann really tightened things up at the back, and uh, yeah, they play Queen of the South. Uh, sorry, yeah, Queen of the South play Inverness on the 10th of April, which is Queen of the South's first game back after the Scottish Cup tie against Hibs. So that's a that's one to watch out for in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, definitely. Uh... I think I think I might be inclined to agree with you. I think Wraith should probably be all right. You you would say so. They've probably had been more good than bad this season. Dundee, I mean, they can lose three one at home to Air United and go away and get two decent results in the games that follow. So you just kind of do need to get them on a good day realistically, and they they could probably have been right up there. Uh and uh, Inverness definitely have been a lot more solid. I mean, I saw them. A few weeks back now, uh, down at well, back in February, down at Somerset Park, it was a really good two 0 win for them, and I really liked the the way they'd set up. They were just properly compact, just re- really kind of good in terms of keeping possession and kind of nullifying any kind of threat that they were posing. So, I I would definitely not be surprised to see them sneaking in, but I I think it just does come down to how Dunfermline's games in hand go, because they really are kind of in the driving seat for it at the moment. Should they get decent results? In both of them, uh, I do, I do just want to touch on Air slightly before because there's been a bit of kind of developments with them in the last couple of days. Just before we move on to anything else, because I'm selfish like that. Uh, I mean, they managed a two two away draw at Alwa on Saturday. It wasn't exactly a glittering performance, but it was a point at the end of the day. It was fight back again from the side. So, uh, we have not seen that in some games this season whatsoever. Uh, a few games that I've ended up reporting on the air just go one goal down and then the heads drop and you just know that they're not going to get back into it. David Hopkins only had the one loss so far and that was away to Hearts and his first fixture back so it's, it's not all bad but a pretty bad piece of news came out of air this morning in that uh, Cammy Smith has had his contract terminated or has mutually terminated his contract with regard to a move over to the States uh, it was a bit of bad timing because he'd always intended to finish the season out, but because of COVID restrictions and visa applications and everything, he had to cut it early so he, he would be able to go over. And he, he's admitted he's gutted, and I'm gutted, because Smith's been one of our best players this season. He's a top scorer with six. And considering that we are equally as likely to be in a relegation fight as we are to be pushing for playoffs, uh, it's put the fear into me a little bit, that departure. And we've got a player in to replace him in the form of uh, Josh Todd, on loan from Falkirk. I posed the question to uh, the Falkirk fan in the Energy Sport group chat, Ryan Sterling, and his direct quote was, I'm glad he's gone. 
So that does not give me any sort of confidence whatsoever. But I don't know. I mean, what 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 do, what do the rest of us think? Like, where do we see my club come the end of the season? Do do we reckon this? I mean, Jamie, you saw them. Or you and Taylor have both seen them recently. I thought you were you were excellent at Dens Park, um, but I, you know again Smith was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, Smith, well, uh, Smith McCowan and who was the striker? That McKenzie. Mc, aye, him. He was uh, the the three of them were really good that night. He's looked really dangerous going forward, and it's something that I hadn't seen from Air this season. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have used down as that sort of team, but he's played on the counter and played really well that night. Uh, obviously Taylor saw the the um, the draw to the nil nil at Wraith. Uh, aye. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, probably one of the most exciting now I've ever seen, by the way, because it was like end-to-end and air just looked unstoppable when he tried to go for that goal. It's, unstoppable, uh, apart from the fact Unstoppable, but they were stopped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I meant relentless, sorry. They were relentless to try to get that goal. And, um, yeah, I don't notice, you know, put the knife in any harder, Jack, but Cameron Smith was excellent that night. Him and McCown were one of the livelier ones in the team and it was yeah it, I think it was what Jamie said it was something that I hadn't seen here too much but what I had seen the highlights in it was nothing what I'd seen and they just had that life about them of you know going going for it and knowing the fact that they had something to play for that night and although it was a point and you know a point still isn't the worst thing it's I think they've got enough to you know probably finish sixth maybe sixth Above Sixth. who? Who who ah. this who's Queen of the South, Dunfermline, Inverness, Dundee and Rafe are above them. Eight are currently in seventh. Who are they gonna leapfrog? I don't I, I don't think Queen of the South could uh, dwindle off. I'm not I'm I'm not basing that off of anything. That's just like that's just a possibility. I think, you know, because uh you know Queen of the South pulled off a sensational result at the weekend. <laughs> but they've also lost to Morton and Alwa, you know, before that, so I think yeah, they're a bit unlucky though. They had two men sent off against Alaba, and uh, you know again the Morton game. I think they were they just didn't really turn up to be fair. But uh, for me, I'll just say that I think Air will. St- I think they'll stay up, but I think they might come eighth. Um, our Broth against Alaba on Saturday, that's massive. I think if our Broth win that, Jack, you're probably safe because it means our will go on to 25 and Air, Alloa will still be on 18, you know, the, the, the eight points that are yeah. behind you the now. So I think if our Rolf win that, then playoffs is the, the worst case scenario for you. But I do think that bottom two will probably stay the same in that order. I think Morton might leapfrog you, but I think you'll stay up, but only just. Hopkins got just this sort of thing where he manages to kind of turn teams around and make them difficult to beat. And, you know, obviously you can see that the fact that since he's come in, he's obviously lost at Tynecastle, but that's there's no no disgrace in that. Then one away at Dens Park and, and two decent draws. Well, maybe not a decent draw against Alloa, but he came from behind against uh, against Alloa anyway. So you know, these are certainly going to be difficult to beat under him. And I think these draws, you've had three draws in the last five. I think those draws might come back to to help you at the end of the season. I like. Uh, I mean, I'd like to think so, but I'm lo- looking at the the fixtures that we've got to we've got to play, and we only play a team below us once. In, in our final five, which is away to our growth. So that that's not gonna be an easy game whatsoever, considering how kind of handily they kinda of dealt with us at Somerset fairly recently. At home to Dundee and Dunfermline uh next week, uh Dundee on the Tuesday, Dunfermline on the Saturday. 
and then playing Queen of the South the Saturday before we finished the season with a Friday night game away to Inverness. So that's that's four, five very difficult games, and I think I'm I'm nervous going into all five because there's just the the news today just kind of sunk me a wee bit. Just I'm kind of realizing that that's our best player away, and we've not really got much of a replacement from reports anyway. I could be wrong. I could be Josh Todd could be the next coming of Christ at Somerset. I don't know, but reports are not promising. So it's. I, th- I think we're, we're kind of it's out with our hands at this point. I think you're right in saying it does come down to the teams kind of below us to decide what happens with us. And I think if you win, if you win two games, you'll be fine. Aye, I think two at the thirty-two final points. Fans, yeah, and that's you know if you don't draw any, if you even if you win one and draw two or something, I think five points in the, the next five games will keep you up. Thirty-one points that'll keep you up. Can you imagine we draw them all. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> Just absolutely cacking at any time that we. Surrendering a one-one, God's sake! Uh, five n- five nil nils, <laughs> <laughs> David Hopkins style. If you shocked the report on, because I'd probably be looking to get to three of the games, but if it means we're safe, I'm not really caring because <laughs> I want those Ayrshire derbies next season. Eh, uh, what? I what just say, Jack, before you, you move on, by the way, because I know Sean's probably foaming in the mouth for the fact we've spent this amount of time on air. But I know. Do, do you take a loss on Saturday, uh, on Saturday then against Clyde? So. You could at least just focus on the league, or would you like a decent run in the Scottish Cup? Not really arsed, to be honest. So uh, you're like, if you do get put out, then you're just not going to be that bored. It's just like, yeah, just concentrate on the league. Well, I mean, get, give it, get, I, take, I take the one just almost more for the confidence more than anything, because that's kind of been a couple of games where we've had to kind of come from behind. So if we kind of go out and score early and then just get a couple more potentially against Clyde, that might kind of kick us on and inspire us to do a bit more in the rest of the season. But if, if we go out, we go out, and we can just focus solely on survival at that point, so undecided, wait and see how it goes, I've applied for the game anyway, so hopefully get into that and see what happens regardless. Uh, I've realised I've realized we've talked for half an hour about this championship, so we're going to kind of wrap it up there, there were a couple of decent results in the, in the other leagues, but we do kind of want to get on to the two Scotland games, because we, I'd imagine we've got a fair bit to say about both of them, so... We are going to be coming back in our next segment to talk solely about Scotland. So we've got two international matches to discuss as we watch Steve Clark Scotland take to the field for the first time since that history-making international break in November last year. There was a lot of buzz about these matches, especially with Southampton striker Che Adams committing his international future to Scotland and being drafted into the squad. However, it's not really been the ideal start, has it, Struan? Not at all. <laughs> it has been, it's been, it's been, it's been tough to watch. To be, to be perfectly honest, it has been tough to watch. I mean, let, let's let's start with the Austria game first and foremost. It was a, it was a two two all draw at Hamden. Was a I'm. I'm I've made sure to try and pronounce this right, with that Sasa Kaladzic, that'll do, uh, brace being cancelled out by a Grant Hanley head and a bit of genius from your mate John, wee John McGinn. I mean, what what did we what did we all make of this result? Like more more to the point, because I mean it, it was a favourable draw when we when Austria get pulled out of pot two, but what what did, what did we make of a, a two all with Austria at home? I think it's a bit of a poor result, to be honest. I think 
Only looking looking back and just looking at the result and seeing two all, you probably think, oh, you know, it's not the worst. But at the same time, if you watch the game, we should have definitely taken more from that game. The fact the fact that we went behind twice and we're still able to recover a point, I guess, is a positive in itself. Yeah. But when you take things like into consideration, their best player David Alba was effectively not on void that game. I think Stephen O'Donnell had him in the po- his pocket the entire game. And other than you never that, thought you'd say. Honestly, crazy. He's I, he's been our best player in the two games, in my opinion. I'd say that, yeah. One of them. He's been brilliant. And, yeah, I just thought we were absolutely awful. It's just the classic case of, again, it took us to concede before we switched on, and then after we got the equaliser, we just sort of switched off again. And I, it's the home game as well. You want to you wanna start the group with three points, go out there, you know, it's not even the, the best team in the group. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just pretty disappointed with it, to be fair. Fantastic goal from John McGinn, though. So that, made my, that did make it a lot better. Yeah, of course it would. I mean, I think even even with the Hibs connection, that would have made it better. It made it better for a lot of people. Taylor, I think I think there's a, a case that's kind of happened in a lot of games like these, where we've seen teams like Austria, or even just kind of mid-tier European teams, or any anyone really come to Scotland. Do you think we're giving teams like this too much respect? Because I feel like we have got attacking talents that would be able to cause a team like Austria damage. One hundred percent. Yes, that's. I feel like. We've got a, a wrong, the wrong mindset. That's the best way to put it. We've got a wrong mindset against us. Like we're putting ourselves down too much and thinking, yeah, we can't really, you know, play against uh, teams like such as Austria. I'm not saying by the way, uh, go toe to toe with these teams and yeah, we'll win. Like we've tried that in the past and well, we've been scalped. But we can we still have a wee bit more flair than what we have. Like just sitting back, you know, having dikes up front and. Going for that long ball, it's one of the ones where, yeah, it might work once, twice a game, but most of the time it's just basically us just defending and try to hit them on the counter and hope the fact is we can like have them out of position. It's, I feel like Steve Clark needs to be a wee bit more expansive with his play, and if he can only last so much, like, he's got so much goodwill in that tank for what he done, by the way, and I'm not all for saying get rid of him. But it can only last for so long until everybody realises this might not be the way to play and we could be embarrassed at the Euros if we try to play like this. Um, that result uh, against Austria was one of the ones where a draw would have been good if we had won on Sunday. But since we didn't, the draw is bad. You, you get what I mean? Like, no, yeah, I get what you mean. It's one of the ones where it could have been like, yeah, four points out of six, that's a good start. And now it's like two out of six and we're like... Now we're chasing the pack and now we're struggling. So I'm hoping Steve Clark decides to be more expansive. I think the telling signs is when maybe he didn't call up David Turnbull. Maybe that is what we're lacking. Like somebody like that in the team, other than like getting McLean's. So I don't know. I I, I want him to be more expansive, and I'm hoping he does. But if he doesn't, by the way, I can't see him being the right man for much longer. It's a, it's a bold statement to make. <laughs> to be honest, uh, no, and I'm sure I, I, Sean McGill is going to have some strong words for you. Oh, after no, I, I know this. what you've got to say. He's going to be like, the man got his turn. That's what I said. He's got so much goodwill, and I'm not all for. I said, do not get rid of him. But if he can't adapt, like, do you know, playing a wee bit more expansive what he already is, then clearly we can't keep him around forever just because he's got this to one tournament. We won't be a country that gets to tournaments like over and over and over yeah. again. And maybe if we do once every, say, once every five tournaments, that's still not good enough. Like, we want to at least have a manager that can play 
defensive football when needed, but also can play attractive and forward-thinking football when needed too. And Austria was a good example where I felt we could have been more expansive on that. So, as I said, I'm not all for. I'm not saying get rid of Steve Clark because I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if he doesn't adapt, then maybe we might need to think about that. I, I don't know. It was it was a weird one for Austria because that first half I felt like we didn't they didn't really give us any trouble. They just kind of had more of the ball and they were just kind of more consistently in our half, but we didn't really give them any kind of room for manoeuvre kind of in and around our box and I think the defence did well and it, and then again it was just a shot from range that Marshall probably again could have done better with that was there were twice kind of over the weekend that he was called into question a bit from range and he pushed it out to uh, where's the last name Kaladzic for the for the first goal off, uh, off the rebound but there, there were still some good performances I thought from, from the Austria game I mean Struan you already mentioned Stephen O'Donnell I thought he had a fantastic game uh, up against David Alaba, which again you never thought you'd say. Jamie, were there any other uh, kind of standouts for you in this game, or was it just a very kind of u- unified performance of just a bit average of a of a I team? I think I think McTominay played well in midfield. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people now will be asking for him to remain in midfield because I thought he was excellent against Austria. First half, uh, I thought John McGinn was really good against Austria and then the second half I thought he, he faded out I know he scored but I thought he was uh, I thought he was having a poor second half actually uh, until the goal who else um, Dyke struggled to get into the game it's probably more to do with the service that we gave him though um, I thought Christie came on and did well against no Christie started against Austria didn't he yeah I thought Christie had a good game against Austria um, to be honest which is not really like me to say that I thought Armstrong struggled yeah um. Yeah, I think that's the ones off the top of my head. To be honest, I thought Jack Hendry probably was probably hasn't had a great start in those two games. But uh you know, it's probably it's his first kind of call up for a while and that and playing in, you know, he's playing in a back three. Obviously, that's kind of what he's been playing in in Belgium. So there's not really too many excuses for him. He was all right, but probably. Probably needs to improve if he wants to keep his place. I thought, I thought he'd done all right against Austria. He, he was he was all right. Yeah, he was all right. Um, but you know, just all right. I thought, to be honest. Mm. But I'm a I'm a big fan of, of Jack Hendry starting. You know, I, I was mm. really happy to see him in the starting eleven. So I don't want to see him dropped. I just want to see him become a bit more composed, probably. And uh, and I'm sure that'll come with time. You know, he was his first call up for a while, as I say. So. I'm sure he will he will start to settle into that team. But it's yeah. just the fact that he was playing in a back three, which has kind of been his favourite formation. I, I just was maybe hoping it, it was nice and simple for him and he, he didn't really have any excuses. But, you know, he was he was fine. He was solid enough. Right, let's move on to Sunday's match against the new old enemy in Israel. We're playing them that much. They might as well be a rival at this point. Taylor, what was it in the last kind of three years? There's been six... Meetings or something. It was something kind of along those lines. Uh, in the last, th- uh, wait, I just need. I think it's the last five. In the last four years, we've played Israel now six times. What's the point? And it's, uh, <laughs> sorry, in the last, in the last four years, we've played Israel eight times, uh, five, six times now, and uh, it's just just ridiculous because six times in four years is mental. We're basically, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's just getting to a point where like. I let's just be mates now. 
Like, aye, come on, come on. You, just, like, you come here, I'll come there every year. Yeah, let's do it. Is this like a friendship where we need to do this for a sponsor or something? That's what I'm starting to think. Part part of me think it's generally like a derby at this point. Like the actual Scotland derby. <laughs> like, the near beat on derby at this point, honestly. As as I was thinking about it, see last night, does Marciano just jump in, you know, Scotland playing to come back here or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, probably he... probably no, because you get another game to play with Israel first. Oh, do, do they still have another game? All right, because I think so. Oh really? well. There's no point in that, but I was just thinking, like, most of the, most of the times we played Israel, by the way, is like, it's just been one of those. Either, like, either playing away to Moldova on Wednesday. Nah, there's no point in him doing that then, but <laughs> I. That counterproductive, eh? That is, but that just kind of sums up my brain is fried the fact the amount of times we played Israel, and I can't add any more of this, is I hope this is the last time we played them for a long, long time. Playing them in October. I know, actually, I hope this is the last one. <laughs> I see this. Hopefully, this is the last one. Well, yeah. I mean, the biggest problem for me with this result because it was a one-one draw. Uh, again, it was Marshall from range and a shot he probably could have done better with. You'd argue, uh, Dor Perez from about twenty-five yards, just finding the back of the net just before half time. Again, it just kind of seemed to spell doom and gloom from from that just right before half time and just kind of giving Scotland all of it to do for the second half. For, for, considering how many times Steve Clark's played Israel recently. You'd think he would stop being that conservative. You would think he knows exactly kind of what to expect from Israel and exactly kind of how to make the most out of the games, which he's not actually beaten Israel in 90 minutes yet. I think it was, well, it was a 1-1, then a 1-0 loss, then another draw, and then this draw as well. So <laughs> he's, he's not got a winning record against Israel, and he needs to kind of find one, especially with a game coming up in October. But... I, I, I don't know that that's just my thoughts Taylor what, what do you reckon was it another kind of game that we should have kind of been going at them from the word go but just were set up too kind of negatively yes yes Israel have been there for, was there for the taking we've seen it um, in the past you know we can actually you know beat Israel as previously we've only lost I think two games to them so it's not like it's a team we struggle against but for some reason we always make it Sorry, but it's not a team like we usually lose against, but we always make it hard for ourselves against them. Like for some reason, when Israel play us, I seen a tweet that looked like, "Yeah, they're playing Brazil when they play us." But yeah, everybody else is like, "Oh, it's just you know, ah, it's easy, it's simple." And Steve Park maybe had a part to play in that last night, uh, Sunday. Yeah, last night. Uh, I forget what day it is. <laughs> maybe he just sort of just went. I thought it was a right option going for Shea for the start, like Shea Adams. But the team still sat back a wee bit more than I wanted them to. And maybe they could have been a wee bit higher up, you know, getting the front foot more instead of letting Israel have more of the ball. And as I said before, that is the negative mindset where teams like Israel, we should be taking that game to them and dictating Aye. our play on them instead of the other way about. Because I actually just took that strike uh, from Israel for about 30 yards out to, to be like, oh, shit, we need to actually start playing and look what happens when we start playing. We actually get an equaliser. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the ones where I hope this is a learning curve for Steve Clark and uh, we learn the fact that maybe negative isn't the way to play like, all the time. So I'm saying don't play it, but I'm saying don't don't play it. But against your Israels and your Austrias, where Austrias and that, maybe you could probably be a wee bit more expansive and just create your own luck. And Jamie Taylor touched on it there. Just that goal seemed to kind of catch Scotland into life, but I don't think that was that wasn't without. Steve Clark changing the system at half time. 
uh, went to a four at the back system, which which better suited uh, captain Andy Robertson. I thought he had a much better game in the second half because he was playing a more familiar role to him as just a left back rather than a left wing back. Do you think the kind of four a four at the back, a four three three, a four two three one, whichever way you want to look at it, should be something that Steve Clark should be going to more regularly, especially in these games where you go down a goal and you need to start pushing for an equaliser and then consequently a winner. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, I think he's got a good chance now on Wednesday against the Faroe Islands to to rotate, try something new if he wants to. I'm not sure he will, mm. but I think he's got a good opportunity to do that against the, the likes of Faroe Islands and is it Moldova that are in our group as Moldova, well? Moldova, yeah. So, you know, a couple of ditties really. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the game to to kind of try something new if he wants to try a, I don't know, a 4 4 2 with Dykes and Adams up front. I would say, right, try that Wednesday then if you want. Um, they both only started the one game each, so, you know, they should be fit enough to, mm-hmm. to both start the third one if uh, if Clark chooses to go that way. But yeah, you know, I would personally probably have a change in goals just because you can. Marshall's yeah. been at fault for two goals now in two games, so seems fair. Um, People are sort of questioning this sort of loyalty aspect, and I'm not sure I really buy into it that, that Clark's kind of being loyal to, to. He is to some players probably, but Kevin you know, he's, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, and he started Adams. Uh, sorry, yes, yeah, st- sorry, started Dykes. Um, in the first game against Austria, obviously, where I think a lot of people were looking to see Adams start, but you know, you see that quite a lot where a, a kind of new player comes uh, in, he doesn't uh-huh. always start. He comes off the bench in the kind of first game, but. You know, Adam's got the nod in the second game, so I'm not sure you could say he's being that loyal. But maybe, maybe David Marshall deserves a well, maybe maybe somebody else deserves a, an opportunity. Craig Gordon obviously has been fantastic for Hearts this season, and it's probably a, a huge part of the reason the Hearts are still so far clear in the championship. Mm. He's made some magnificent saves. So, and uh, to be honest, I think he saves that that Israel goal the other night. So, I would uh, probably give Gordon a shot. But you know, it's against the Faroe Islands. Ace, eh? so you're thinking, what's the fucking point? Because <laughs> chances are he's probably not going to have. An awful lot to do, hopefully, anyway. But I, I would probably recommend I mean, a, a yeah, change in goals. We say that they scored fast against Austria on Sunday, so I mean, yeah, good point, good point. They're certainly know. improving, actually. To be fair, yeah. they're one of the, the the kind of smaller nations that's certainly improving in small steps. <laughs> uh, Struan, we've kind of talked about a lot of the kind of negative from this game, but I mean, they're always still positives to take. I mean, again, it was fight back from a Scotland team and getting the equaliser, so. Again, would we have seen that as Scotland teams in the past? I'm not sure. And we've mentioned kind of the players that didn't play all too well. I mean, Marshall being kind of the, the main man in this game. But who 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 kind of stood out for you as having a decent game in in this one on Sunday? Um, I think on Sunday the, the the two players who have probably been most impressed with taking both games into consideration is Kieran Tierney and Stephen O'Donnell. Mm. I think Tierney's been a really bright spark. Every time he's gone forward from sort of that left centre-back role, he's looked good, he's looked bright. I think defensively he's been quite solid as well. And I think O'Donnell is, I think he's one of those doesn't really get much credit. You know, when you're talking about the Scotland team, it's all, O'Donnell has to be the right back because there's no other options. But I think he has done well, to be honest, in these two games. You know, he, he does really put a foot wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, again, McTominay were good in the first game. They were anonymous on Sunday. Uh, absolutely anonymous. I thought Callum McGregor was okay for, for bits on Sunday, but it's it's quite hard to judge how well we do when we just don't have the ball for most of the game yeah. and we just we just sort of sit back and back and back and, and, and allow the opposition to score. But I think I think I would pick um pick Kieran Tierney and O'Donnell. But one player I probably should give credit to is Grant Hanley. I thought he was pretty solid over both games. 
especially in the first one against Austria when he got booked after 17 minutes or something and then was solid for the rest of the game didn't didn't do too much else out of line so yeah you know I, I wish I could praise more but I just I'm just not really seeing where I thought Che Adams looked good his movement was interesting yeah. on goals, Sunday of as well. yeah I think I think he has to start the game against the Fair Islands hopefully get a get a, his first goal for the country and I think it's one of them where you know he's potentially our striker for the next decade so just get him in as quickly as you can yeah. and yeah I think I think I think that's probably all I'd have to say for the players who really stood out to me right uh, I mean I, I do agree I think Fraser as well had a fairly decent game I think kind of when we looked our most dangerous it was utilizing his and Adam's speed kind of on the counter and just breaking past that defensive line Adam's kind of found himself offside more than on but I mean, it's definitely a weapon we can utilise and of course, a really nice finish for the goal as well. So I think it's kind of nice to see him still de- doing pretty decent for Scotland despite not really having much of an impact at Newcastle just now. Uh, before we end today's show, we, we've, we'll have a look ahead to Wednesday's match because there's not going to be another podcast to preview it properly. Uh, our opponents, the Faroe Islands, lost to Austria on Sunday evening despite having taken a lead early in the first half. This... <laughs> on paper it should be a free hit but considering back five we, anybody considering we've just drawn two I think we, we need to win it realistically we, we can't afford another slip up if I we, think if we, we need to win convincingly I think mm. I think we need to three or four nil honestly I really think we need that so how, how do we, how do we want to set up do we want to go four at the back from the word go and just go at them or, or yeah. do you think you might as well perfect opportunity to, to try it if you want to if you want to experiment, this is the game to do it. Don't do it against Denmark or Austria. Mm-hmm. If you want to try four at the back and see if it works, do it against the Faroe Islands or Moldova. And if it doesn't work, then you can just change it. But if you do that against Denmark or Austria, chances are you'll be a couple of goals down if it doesn't work. I might have a, I might have a bit of a bold statement to make here. I, I think Steve Clark's going to start McBurney in this game. Hmm. And I think he's going to do it because he's 15 games for Scotland without a goal. And if you if if you want to score a goal for your country, surely surely you would do it against the Faroe Islands in a more attacking system. And I think if he doesn't score against the Faroe Islands and he starts and he gets given chances, I don't think he should be anywhere near the Euro squad in the summer. I mean, I don't I don't really think he should be near this squad now. No, I think he was incredibly fortunate to be in this one. I don't know how he made it in <laughs> over somebody like Shankland or something or even a David Turnbull, but. Part of me is genuinely concerned that he will start and he will miss a good three or four chances this this Wednesday. I could be proven wrong, and if he does start and he scores, then fair play. But it does kind of worry me that it might be kind of part of Steve Clark's kind of mind to again kind of show a bit of faith and show a bit of kind of loyalty to the players that might not have performed up to up to standard thus far. The likes of McLean and stuff obviously had the penalty shootout moments, but otherwise he's been fairly anonymous in Scotland's team. Does Nisbet get an opportunity? Is this the perfect time for him to get his start? I'd like, I'd like to see Nisbet in this game, at least off the bench. Aye, off the bench, have nothing else. Like, I think you know, I'd almost be more tempted to play him rather than McBurney. Just oh the yeah, sense no, uh-huh. of he's had <laughs> fifteen chances. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I'm not saying I want McBurney to play. I'm saying I would. Yeah, no, I agree. I have a worrying feeling there. Uh, Anywhere else we want to kind of see changes? Want to see rotation in midfield or defence? Tierney at left back and maybe drop. I, I, I want I want Tierney at left back in the back four. I want, I want yeah, go for this game. Let's have a look at that and see 
exactly if this could work. I'm not saying the fact is you can drop Robertson, but yeah, Gitti in a shot at his natural position at left back. Aye, I, th- I, th- I think it makes sense too. Uh, I'd like to see Armstrong and Adams together as well, just because they have a good link up at Southampton. I'd just like to try it internationally at least. And play a front three of Adams centrally and then Fraser and Armstrong buzzing about him on the wings. I think I'd like that. Maybe McGinnon behind. Aye. Or I suppose for this game you could maybe put Christie, maybe go a bit more reserved in that sense. Or I'd say maybe David Turnbull or Ryan Gold, but uh, they didn't make the call. <laughs> Christie ahead and then maybe... I'd imagine we'll probably stick with McTominay. I can't really see him shifting McTominay for anyone just now. And maybe and one of McGinn or McGregor, probably, because I think they are... As a kind of, kind of central two, I think that's probably a pretty good combination that we'd have. But Yeah, I think I'd, I think we'd see that. Do we imagine maybe Scott McKenna gets a look in at centre-back? Maybe Grant Hanley gets dropped for the last game? I don't know if having played kind of right the way through too. I think Palmer might come in at right-back. Maybe, yeah. I think that's There's, there's plenty of room where we could just kind of see changes, but we all know that Steve Clark does like consistency. It's been kind of hammered, in, hammered home for a number of months at this point. So I'm almost a little bit worried to change too much in case we, we do too much and then end up throwing this game away as well. If we throw this game away, um, it's it's done for the World Cup. We just kind of need to start looking ahead to 2024 Euros. I generally think if if anything bad, if we don't get anything but a win in this game, we are done for the World Cup in twenty twenty. Hundred percent. No point even kind of rocking up for the rest of the games. But hopeful, we, we, we want to have optimism around Scotland, and we have had optimism around Scotland for months at this point. So let's hope that continues after after Wednesday night. Uh that's going to be all from us on the football roundup this week. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Energy Sport Podcast feed wherever you get yours and follow us over on Twitter to keep up to date with all of our sports content and that's at ENRG Sport. Thank you very much to Stu and Jamie and Taylor for joining me today. Make sure to check out Extra Time and the Fancy Ramble later in the week. But until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.